This is the Empowered Conversations with Aline and Christina podcast. We are two educators of color that have been in the game for over 15 years. Thanks for joining us as we break down and speak on systems that were not built for Black, Indigenous people of color and the ways we address them head on. As we lean on each other in this work, it would be big for us if you took a moment to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to them. Also, follow us on Instagram at Empowered Conversations Pod, where we build community and support one another in this work. All right, let's get into this episode. Welcome back to the Empowered Conversations podcast with Aline and Christina, episode 26. I'm Aline, co-host of this podcast. I've been in education for 16 years as a school counselor and a former high school assistant principal. I currently work at the high school level in the Bay Area. And I'm Christina, the other co-host of this podcast. This is my 17th year in education. I was the former high school English teacher, former assistant principal, co-principal, and site-level administrative program specialist. I'm currently an instructional teacher coach at a K-12 school district in the Bay Area. Hey, y'all. In our last podcast, we talked about the spring semester and how to set priorities and identify things that are um, necessary to get done and, you know, really figuring out how to get all that is expected pretty much done in the spring semester. So check it out if you haven't. Um, but before we today get into today's episode, let's do a quick check-in. So, Christina, what is on top of your mind this week? Oh, a lot of things. Um, one, COVID. Yeah. I, I just know I, I have way too many family and friends who have recently tested positive mm-hmm. for COVID. Uh, thankfully, the majority or maybe even all um, are fully vaccinated. So just comparing my experience last year to their experience this year, mm-hmm. um, thankfully it doesn't sound as bad. So I'm, I'm really happy to hear about that, um, to know that they're doing well and they're all recovering really well. Um, yeah. I think, I mean, it, that's, it's just forever on your mind, right? Cause it's like, no matter how safe and clean you think you are, it's like, it's always that question of, am I going to get it again? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm just super extra paranoid, especially since I'm pregnant. Yeah. So yeah, that is definitely on the top of my mind. And I'm sure that's on the top of everyone's freaking mind. So with that said, Aline, what is on the top of your mind for this week? Same thing. I mean, I was trying to think of something else <laughs> that is on top of my mind, but to be quite honest, it's, it's COVID and just, um, dealing with the high number of students that are out and the staff that are out and still just I mean it's getting better um 
but I don't know if that's really better, if that makes any sense. You know what I'm saying? Like it's still a, a, such a large number and still like, you know, having the conversation focus on how do we support those returning to school at such different times, right? Because, you know, depending on their vaccination status, some are coming back sooner than others. Um, and having a larger conversation as a school about how do we grade students um, at the high school level since we're approaching our first court, our first progress report period. So it's just, I don't know, it just brings up a lot of things. And especially as a school counselor, like I'm always thinking about like, you know, how are the kids, or I should say students, how are they um, being received and supported as, as you know, after dealing with something like COVID. Um, so yeah, that's on top of my mind. I just, I don't know. It just feels like one more thing that comes up with it. So, but still trying to be super cautious for sure. Right. Yeah. You want to, I mean, with that said, I mean, I yeah. think our check-ins are always about COVID. Um, <laughs> hopefully one day soon we'll get to talk about something else. Something maybe, else? Maybe we'll have something else on top of our mind as we get, you know, into the like craziness of spring semester so yeah but you want to transition us into this topic Christina yeah what are we going to talk about this week yes so uh, <laughs> thank you for that signal um <laughs> just to let y'all know y'all it's close to 9 p.m and we're recording this so um <laughs> sorry about that um so yes for the past 10 episodes or so, we have been ending each of our podcasts with a short description of our K-12 leadership coaching program. And so for this particular episode, we want to describe our pro coaching program in depth. Before we unpack our K-12 leadership coaching program, Aline and I will quickly share our personal experiences with coaching as former administrators. So Alina, I'll let, I'll let you take the lead here. Um, tell us about your coaching experience. I mean, did you have any coaches? Yeah, I was going to say mine's okay. going to be hella quick because I didn't. Um, I mean, well, I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say that. I feel like I was definitely coached, but it was informal. It wasn't like a formal coaching process with someone that I you know could go to or that was checking in with me um, consistently I felt like I was getting coached or supported you know by others like you being one of them because I was on an admin team with you um, you know always asking questions of other you know people that are were administrators or were on a team but like no real coaching um I was like I was I don't even know if I mean would that be considered like so I know when I worked at Skyline I was given no he was a consultant to work with on the mm -hmm. master schedule it wasn't mm -hmm. like coaching through the process it was more like let me help you get this started um so no, that's my quick story. I didn't not, I didn't have a coach at in any of the districts that I was an assistant principal. So Aline, in your own words, since you said that you realized that you didn't have an official coach, you had a consultant. Mm -hmm. So 
in your point of view, what's the what's the difference between a consultant versus a a coach? Well, I mean, like the consultant was really there to consult with you on a specific matter or like a specific project and like walk you through their own way of solving something or getting it started or teaching you on something very specific and then make themselves available to answer questions through email or phone calls but wasn't necessarily like or you know in my mind like a consultant isn't necessarily there to follow up or to be there consistently and so with a coach I mean I I would expect like if it were to be coaching if that person was there to coach me on master schedule it would be like meeting you know setting up consistent meeting times checking in and also asking a lot of questions around like my like to establish a baseline and then to work on growing from that place um and that so that wasn't the case for me and that's what I see what about you honestly I'm I'm just trying to think of the one two three the four districts I was an administrator at Mm -hmm. and um no I'm please say that I did not have an official coach um I worked with a total of three consultants mm-hmm. and, um, and they were great. I mean, you know, especially if there was a specific project that I had to work on, it was super helpful. So um, they're super expensive. I mean, the school districts paid for it, but yeah. I, 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 I was never assigned a coach, um, nor was I asked if I mm-hmm. wanted a coach. Yeah. It was just kind of assumed that I should know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it would, it would have been nice to, for me to have worked with a coach. Um, I, cause I really like the whole like the facilitative process, right? Like Mm -hmm. asking me a series of questions for for me to reflect on myself and to help with my own self-discovery, right? So that way it's like a lifelong skill Mm -hmm. uh, versus being told directly how to do something. And that's fine too. Right. You know, we'll we'll talk about that um, in in our podcast. later on in this um, episode about the difference between the having the directive coaching approach versus the facilitative coaching approach. And in a sense, they work hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Well, I think something that you said is important too. It's like, I wasn't even asked if I wanted a coach. It wasn't even something that was a part of onboarding you know what I mean or like part of there wasn't a support plan in place for a new new administrator either to the profession or a new administrator to the district and there was a lot of assumptions placed on 
you know, us coming in as administrators or me coming in as an administrator that I just knew what I was doing or that I didn't necessarily need that. Um, so yeah, I mean, the fact that you said that, like not even asked, I didn't even think of it that way either. It wasn't, it's not like I was given the opportunity and I declined it. It really was never even given the opportunity. Well, I kind of take it back. There, there was one school that did ask me mm-hmm. if I wanted a coach uh, because someone else on the team had this person as a coach. Mm-hmm. And uh, I did one one-on-one check-in with this coach and I just wasn't feeling it. Yeah. I mean, and it, it's by all means, like this coach, he knew his shit, you know? So it's not, it had nothing to do with that. Like he was a very nice person, but it just wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know, I'll put it out there. Like he's a retired white male administrator. Mm-hmm. And I was, you know, all of the supposed coaches and consultants that I've worked with they were always white yeah and many of the the issues and things that I specifically needed help with I just wanted to I wanted a coach that was a person of color yeah And so I, so I declined. I was like, no, I, it's okay. I don't need a coach. I was like, unless I have, I could choose my own. And they're like, no, this one is the one that the district paid for. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess not. Well, and, and so I think that's like where our pivot came in, like understanding kind of like reflecting back on our own experiences and identifying what it is that we experienced or what we didn't get and what we wish we would have had. Um, And so wanting to provide that type of support and that space for school leaders of color, for school leaders like us in the position where we wanted or we want to make necessary changes at our school sites but wanting to have a, a, like a safe space of, you know, thought partners where we can kind of talk through some of these things. So like what you and I have, right? What we established as being friends and as being colleagues and understanding that, you know, what we're both working towards and creating that support system, um, wanting to model that and open up a space for other school leaders through a coaching program. And so, yes, we've mentioned this in a few of our, I mean, a lot of our previous podcasts about what our leadership leadership coaching program includes. And I just want to kind of briefly go over that to break it down a little bit more, um, where this is really specific to the school leader. Um, so holding one-on-one, like weekly sessions over Zoom, right, to make it super accessible and convenient. Um, And right now it's a 12 week cycle. It's not meant to be like, oh, you're 12 weeks and you're done. You don't need any more. It's more just in a cycle of like 
let's focus it on 12 weeks and see how much we can get done and decide if we need more time um, or uh, at another time. This process, like through our coaching pro program, we really focus on helping school leaders reflect, plan, and organize, really using an equity and educational justice as the focus. So always keeping that core in mind of how is this serving our students of color. Um, and through this process of reflection, planning, and organizing, um, we want our school leaders that we work with to feel empowered to make those difficult decisions necessary to support our BIPOC students um, and really learn how to transition from an educator ally to a co-conspirator. So really thinking past like, you know, I don't, I mean, I hate saying this, but some, like oftentimes it's the performative side of it um, into making those active decisions and really pulling in supporters in the school site and outside the school site to make those types of changes and to be more of a co-conspirator um, and dismantling those systems that we keep talking about. Most importantly is having a support system free of judgment. I think that's important, um, to, especially to me. It's like oftentimes like as school leaders of color, we don't feel comfortable asking questions mm -hmm. of others, you know, either our, our teammates um, on the admin team or at the district level. Because again, like we mentioned, like the assumption is that you're supposed to know all these things. And also coming in as an admin of color, you're already faced with so many microaggressions, all this implicit bias of like, oh, what you don't know, see, so you're not even, you know, you shouldn't have been a leader or leading our schools. So it's just this, like this, this fear of being judged. And so having this coaching space is really meant to not feel that, to ask questions and to talk through things that like, you experience on any given day without Christina and I batting an eye, you know, where it's like, all right, let's talk through this or like sharing similar experiences. Um, and obviously to really grow in their practice, um, wanting this not to be just a one and done process and to really grow from it and to continue growing from their reflection and from having the thought pot partners with different experiences. <clears throat> and I think like the more that we think about this, the, the coaching program is meant to prevent burnout and find balance with your personal life, right? Because part of the process that we go through is to identify, you know, what are some of the things that can be delegated? What are some of the systems that can be put in place so that you have time to do the more important work or have time to go home and make dinner um, or not work so much on the weekend. So having those types of conversations. And, you know, when we talk about what exactly does it look like, it all depends, right? I mean, really, this is meant specifically for the school leader and meeting them at their at where they're at their starting point. But, you know, we start off with a call and we clarify some of these things and we ask some really important questions. Then we have, you know, the school leader reflect and fill out some forms before our first meeting to really understand what it is and where they're starting from. 
Um, and then we discuss that form and those questions and responses and get ready for our first coaching session um, and focus in on vision and mission. We talk about a typical day, um, helping school leaders reflect on what their typical day looks like. Sometimes I don't think we really go back and think about that until being asked. Um, and so there's just other things that we focus on unpacking your admin team dynamic. I know Christine and I focus a lot on that. Um, and, I, and I see it, we still see it, like your admin team isn't flowing. Um, there's some work that needs to happen in order to feel like you can work cohesively towards you know, executing the vision and mission that you have as a school leader. Um, so there's a lot, you know, that we can work on within 12 weeks. It's not all going to be done in 12 weeks, but it's definitely going to lead you toward a clearer vision of what it is that you want to accomplish as a school leader and how to make those moves that show and reflect what it is that you stand for and what it is that you want your students and your staff to feel when you are leading the school every day. Um, so that's kind of the coaching program in a nutshell. Is there anything that I missed or that you want to add, Christina? Uh, no, that's pretty, I mean, you covered it. I mean, as simple as we can make it sound because there's a lot of stuff. Yeah. And, um, yeah, a lot, a lot of good stuff. And so as Aline explained, like usually with our, at least with our first cohort, uh, the first few coaching sessions is just really us unpacking um, our school leaders' vision and mission, their leadership structure, their style, their processes. Um, and so that's, you know, that's really the, the, our foci with the first few coaching calls. But then once we get a true understanding and a feel um, of each of our admin, our coaching sessions become much more narrowed and and the and the focus is um is really based on the need of that particular administrator and it, it just comes very organic it's not like we go okay let's mm -hmm. let's choose like let's go through your roles and responsibilities and just choose one that we want to focus on like no it's it's like a collective effort and just we notice based on the responses and then the administrator um themselves realize like okay based on our conversations i realize that i really want to focus on this aspect yeah so the cool thing is it's like for in a nutshell um a lot of our conversations that where we narrowed our um our focus we focused on practical things like putting systems and processes in place. We also focused on the bigger picture, like formulating a vision and being grounded in it, which is huge because mm -hmm. all the decision-making goes back to the vision and mission statement. But to give you guys more of a, a, a tangible example, this is a very focused example. So one of our awesome administrators um, came after, after about five to six sessions was like, you know what, based on our, based on our coaching calls, I feel like I would like for us to spend time talking about the ILT, the instructional leadership team. 
And so I, I, we love the fact that, you know, our, our admin was able to just synthesize all the coaching calls and just really take it in and, and, and realize like, this is, this is where I feel like I get more bang for my buck is to really focus on the instructional leadership team. And, uh, this goes back to the whole piece that Aline covered earlier of our coaching program being is a support system free of judgment. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I say that is because this particular administrator was straight up with us like, okay, before we reflect on my ILT, ILT meetings, she's like, I'm gonna be real with y'all. Could y'all just like, break it down for me of what exactly an ILT team is because she was like I really haven't been taught what an ILT team is like I've been a part of an ILT but I've never led an ILT and I don't know if the teams that I've been on are what you would call what's the word like functional or exceptional or if that's an ideal ILT team and you know it's I you know I really you know for this particular administrator to be straight up like that and to keep it 100 like that that that's major and for for many reasons one it shows that, you know, we built a trusting relationship and mm -hmm. two, that is just an example of what we were talking about. That admin straight up come in and staff and district office, we're, we're expected to know everything. And sometimes we just don't know who to ask and, you know, to, to, be honest and, and say that, hey, we don't really know. Yeah. Right. Especially if you're an admin of color. Mm -hmm. That is like, I mean, I felt that because there, there were certain things that I didn't know. And thankfully, I have people like Aline that I could call up right quick and be like, hey, you know how to do this? Or in, you know, especially since I've been an administrator now for 10 years, you know, I have like a whole list of administrators right. that I could call, but that wouldn't have been me like 10 years ago. Like I wouldn't know who to call. Mm -hmm. And so, so yeah, that part, um, that part was very important. I, I was really happy when she was like, Hey, like, just give me that 101 first before we, before we unpack anything. Mm -hmm. So with that said, we started off um, these coaching sessions, these ILT focused coaching sessions with more of a directive approach. Directive meaning that we broke it down, right? We broke down the who, what, when, where of ILT, of an ILT team, um, starting with, you know, what is it? What is the purpose? Who is usually on the team? How does a team create an ILT focus for the year? Um, provided examples, right? Examples of ILT 
um, of how to create an ILT focus, starting with, you know, starting with the admin team and then breaking it down to um, filtering things through the ILT team, which then goes next to the staff, which then goes to the stakeholders. So really showing that process, right, mm -hmm. of how powerful and influential the ILT team can be. And then we provided examples of actual ILT focus, uh, fo focus areas um, from various school sites. Then, of course, you know, we talked about how long meetings are and how, how, you know, the frequency. We provided a sample ILT meeting agenda. And then, of course, we provided reflection questions to help um, our administrator just unpack and discover her, her current ILT team. Like, what does that look like right now at your school, right? So then we have um, following a, a follow-up coaching call. We came up with a full-on ILT real-life example. So it was like, okay, so the first part was the who, what, when, where. This is like a full-on example of like the whole process mm -hmm. of like, okay, it starts with the principal and admin team. What do they do with the data? Okay, now they, they filter the data through the ILT team, which then the ILT team makes a decision and they introduce it to the staff. The staff gives their feedback. The staff then works on it during staff meetings, works on it during department meetings. So just really showing that process of what an ILT, what a functional ILT can look like, right? And so from there, so yeah, after we defined it and after we provide an example of um, an ILT process, we are um, actually in the, um, we are approaching our next coaching calls where we're going to focus more of a facilitative process. So in other words, we're going to guide our administrator uh, with finding out how, you know, what is going on with her, her ILT team and how can she make that her own? Like what processes and protocols need to be in place at her school site and how does she decide what processes and protocols to have in place to begin with, right? Yeah. So that part's going to be fun and that's set in motion right now. And perhaps we could share more about it when our, se our sessions are over. But yeah, I, I think it was pretty dope to, um, to see where the conversations are going and see what mm -hmm. our administrators really want to focus on, right? After not just us, but themselves too, right? right. They're, un they're unpacking their typical day, the way that they organize projects, the way mm -hmm. that they um, lead their admin team in their front office. It's like, sometimes you just don't realize what you're doing well mm -hmm. and what you're, what you're not doing 
until you're talking to someone about it. Yeah. So yes, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Yeah, and I mean, I just want to share our last thoughts on why coaching is important for school leaders, both well, all aspiring new leaders and veterans. And this is like, I just think, especially now, it's just so important because we're seeing the level of burnout reaching new highs, right? We're seeing burnover, right? Not just like, it's just, it's turnover, to another level. I mean, educators are leaving the profession, um, but it's still a time where we need more leaders that are focused on educational justice. And we need more school leaders of color staying as school leaders or becoming school leaders. And mm -hmm. I think, you know, it's just, I mean, we know this, we know how important representation is. Um, and I'm worried that we're not supporting our school leaders of color enough. And so that's really where, I, I mean, we're, we're doing this whole episode to kind of break down our process and like how we approach coaching school leaders. But I'm really hoping that this episode opens the minds of the educators who are listening to this Maybe you all know a school leader that could benefit from just having some thought partners work through, you know, their daily basis or just, you know, wanting to prevent them leaving the profession, like share this episode with them, right? Let them know about this episode just to kind of see what it could provide them or someone they know within their network so that, you know, we can work through a plan or a process for them to one, not leave, two, maybe reduce some of that burnout or three, just to provide a space to be heard or to be seen. And so that's kind of thinking back to a post that we had um, recently, I don't know, probably like a month or so ago, um, but it was uh, thinking back to those times and wonder what would it have been like to have a coach that understood what we were facing as school leaders of color. Would it have prevented burning out so quickly? And I, I think about that for myself. It's like, would it have prevented burning out so quickly? Would district admin have seen our potential instead of doubting what we could accomplish? Because part of this too mm -hmm. is like focusing in on the mindset and you know, amplifying like not just your staff, but the initiatives that you're working on and that you're implementing and that you're a part of right? Understanding how to celebrate those things and yourself as a school leader. Um, and so thinking about that a lot. And so this is what makes us passionate about coaching school leaders. Um, and I wrote, we want school leaders to be seen, heard, validated, and most importantly, empowered to show up each day as their authentic selves ready to make their schools the place where our students of color can thrive. And so really going back to thinking about our students, um, but ourselves being authentic and being okay with that because we know where it's coming from and we're focused on where, you know, where we want to go because we've done the reflection and we've asked those important questions of ourselves and of the work we wanna do. 
So for you, Christina, what are some of your last thoughts as we wrap these things up? Well, there's this quote that I want to read. It's from Elena Aguilar's book, The Art of Coaching. So it's on page 16. Mm -hmm. We must devote more time money and attention to improving the practice of adults who work in schools mm -hmm. coaching offers a model for professional development that can support teachers and principals in making immediate and long-term changes and becoming artful masters in our profession these changes can lead to the transformation of our education system and the experiences and outcomes of the children it is meant to serve. I have that quote. I got a, I got a post-it note. I didn't pink, and I even have it in a red asterisk pen. I just, I, I really, if you didn't notice, like I really emphasize the whole <laughs> um, that can support teachers and principals because mm -hmm. I. I feel that for the most part, districts and site level administrators, they do see the importance of teachers being coached. Mm -hmm. Right. But I, I don't hear that a lot for administrators. So shout out to Elena Aguilar for including administrators in the Mm -hmm. um and I just love, I mean there's many pieces here I I love like coaching offers a model for professional development absolutely coaching is professional development well and that's something that we talked about like episodes ago whether it's training versus professional, professional development. development and we were and we were sent to a lot of trainings but we weren't given the professional development and like you said, coaching is professional development because you're focusing on developing your profession, like your, you know, who you are as a professional and really focusing in on your growth. And so, sorry, I'm going to nitpick one more thing that I love about this. <laughs> All right. It's to support teachers and principals in making immediate and long-term changes mm -hmm. and becoming artful masters in our profession. Yep. I think we should end it there. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to end it there. Let's um, give you all some time to reflect on that. And again, thank you for joining us in this conversation. We hope you took something away from it. And remember, please share this episode with a school leader in your life that you're hoping, you know, could benefit from either just listening to this or working with us. We are starting our next coaching cycle very soon. Um, um, to get more information, you could check out our link in the bio or in the show notes. Um, as, as far as like supporting the work outside of the coaching program, we have, please do a few things for us. Subscribe to our podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts and make sure you rate and review. That is really how we grow and get more people to hear about this podcast. 
please um, follow us on Instagram and Facebook. We're at Empowered Conversations Pod. Check out our freebie, Creating Your Vision and Mission. It's a section from our book. That link is also in the show note and it's also in our bio. And then, of course, we have our bookshop. Check out what we have curated and support an independent bookstore. That link is also in our show notes. So thanks, y'all. We look forward to next time. Bye, y'all.